Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter. And you're listening to Grow on the Go. Yeah. Right before I pressed record, I said to mom, are you ready? And she said, sure. So I don't know if she actually is. Are you ready? I'm ready. I am so ready. Okay. We're going to be, we're going to be talking about other related duties. Oh, great. (laughs) Sure. This is very Uh, triggering for me right now because I'm in the middle of hiring and mm. I was actually just saying this before we started recording. There are so many people that want so much information from me and I'm like, I'm pretty confident three of you are all getting the job. I just have to clear it with my boss and the rest of you aren't. So if you could just like leave me alone. <laughs> just go away. I'm go not away. answering your questions. It doesn't matter. You're not getting hired. Well, I do, but mm. like, ugh. don't you know I have things to do <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. aren't talk to people? That How many people did you interview this week? This week, only one. Last week, seven. Okay. That's... So. A fair amount of people to keep straight. And yeah, and more oh, that. Did you see what I did that? I said fair. Did I say amount or did I say number? You said no, I said number. I think you may have said amount. Okay, we were just talking about how it's not easy to use the word amount correctly. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, it should either be number or volume. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm which is not how people talk. Right. So, like, don't actually worry about it. But I. If I'm, to, it's your job to worry about it. If I make, like in casual messenger conversations at work, if I make any kind of typo or error, people will immediately jump on it. And I'm like, I'm a person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a writer, but I make mistakes and also type things poorly. And also, I only have so many, <laughs> like grains of attention to spend i'm not spending them here (laughs) oh man i use voice to text all the time same as you know yes so you know there's all kinds of weird things that happen uh my macbook loves to translate comma as call mom which is not (laughs) what i'm saying or karma and i'm like i don't have an accent at least not that accent whenever i say randy uh on my voice to text it says it comes up ready Mm. And my Bluetooth in my car interprets Randy as Brittany. Oh, go figure. I always have to say Randy Carter or... Or or it doesn't know it what it's talking about. wants to call about. Brittany, and I don't even know anyone named Brittany. <laughs> well, I guess I do, but not well. Anyway. Any all. Yeah. So I call this other related duties, and um, it, it brings a story to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, most of our listeners have heard me talk about being in the earthquake in Haiti in 2010, um, which was a pretty traumatic experience. It yeah. was a horrible earthquake that ultimately killed like half a million people. And when you, you saw include... several people dead oh, or yeah. die. We saw many, many people die, dead or dying. Anyway, all that to say, we ended up at the Canadian Embassy for shelter before they figured out the Canadian government sent a Hercules to come get us. A plane. Um, And we caught up with the ambassador at one point who was running around like a man possessed. I'm sure he didn't sleep until we got rid of all the Canadians. Yeah, no kidding. And we just thanked him for the amazing job he was doing and Mm -hmm. taking care of us and, you know, arranging our evacuation and scraping up food and water for us and and uh in a country that already like 
is not a have country. Not an easy, not, it's not easy to get stuff there. So, yeah. yeah so, I mean, he didn't even slow down walking. He was on a mission while, while we were thanking him. So we were walking along with him and he just sort of. Threw, doing, doing a West Wing walk and talk. Yeah. Yeah. And he just sort of threw over his shoulder as he disappeared. Yes. I think this was in my job description as other related duties. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he's got a sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. He was a, he was a really cool guy. So, yeah, there are parts of our job descriptions, whatever our jobs are, that we love and parts that can be other related duties. They can be the the things that are intimidating or we never expect it to happen or we don't like doing. Uh, For me, um, it's organization Mm -hmm. and administration. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly the same. The apple did not fall far from the tree. No, on either side. I'm equidistant between the two trees (laughs) in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. So when I um, was working, one of my early interior design jobs, I was working for uh, a company called Interior Expressions. My boss and the owner of the company was a woman named Linda, who I really liked working for her. But at one point, I was either out of the office seeing another client or Mm -hmm. it was a day off. I'm not sure if it was a day off, she probably would have called me. So anyway, I wasn't in the office. And one of my clients called and needed some information about their job. Mm -hmm. And so my boss went into my client files to try and answer this question and saw how incredibly disorganized I was. And when I finally saw her again, she, she went off on me and you would have been like what 22 at this like you were just a baby no well i my probably was closer to 25 or 6 at this point still pretty young because when did you yeah. start your career well and i wasn't probably until that job i probably wasn't managing my own clients right um anyway i to her credit after she tore a strip off you yeah she showed me how she keeps client files yeah. and how it would have been nice if she'd shown me that, you yep. know, when I first started working there. But um, I, it's reasonable to expect I would have some organizational skills. Sure. I just don't come up with systems on my own. And once she showed me how to what to do, everything that was a creative piece of paper went on one side of the file mm-hmm. with the little pokey things. And everything that was business or money related went on, or like orders, anything like that, contract, mm-hmm. went on the other side of the file with the little pokey things. And through the, all the years I had my own interior design business, that's how I kept my files. Mm-hmm. But when somebody showed me how to do it, I... I it yeah, was, it was. You just. I'm the easy same way. And obvious. I need the same way. I need a system. I will not be able to come up with that. Well, that's not true. I can come up with a system right. by myself. It just doesn't occur to me to do it. Yeah, sometimes it does, but usually not until I've missed something. Yeah, and I go, okay, how do I make sure this never, never happens, happens again? again? Yeah. But if someone else has a system, I will follow that system until someone shows me a better one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's. It's. And it is very frustrating when someone gets mad at you and it's like, well, you didn't tell me to do or not do a thing. Yeah, I guess, you know, when they see somebody who's pretty capable at the rest of their job, they just sort of assume that. When it's a creative job, though. Right? Right, yes. I think there are a lot of amazing interior designers that, who never make any money because they kind of forget to put down their to hours be business, or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. You One know. of my favorite things, when I was unemployed um, and desperately seeking a job for nine months, which is insane. Um, oh, I'm spilling tea on myself. That's fun. Um, when I was unemployed and looking for jobs, something I would see under, like, required, like, 
like job expectations or something like that would be something ridiculous like achieves objectives and it's like that doesn't mean anything you basically just said like responsibilities doing the thing like what are the objectives Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and what what does success look like what kind of objectives yeah (laughs) achieves objectives like am i killing people (laughs) or like filling an order what am i doing here right what are the objectives well, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the first part of our job description as followers of Jesus, mm-hmm. which is the great command. The great command is to love absolutely everyone as much as and the way we love ourselves. Mm-hmm. Which, if you have problems with self-love, also an issue. That yeah, you got you to get that fixed, too. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, um, I'm knocking the desk all over the place. Yeah, I am. I'm not on meds today. today. Yeah, I'm okay. not on meds today. Um, so okay. I'm a little, my spatial awareness is not what it can be. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I apologize. Good to know. I should maybe hang on to my Yeah, tea maybe too. hang on to your tea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the great command is to love absolutely everyone as much as and the way we love ourselves. That's something that's totally impossible without the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and his power in our lives. The second part of our job description, the other related duties, <laughs> is called the Great Commission. So here's how I learned it as a little girl. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Who thought children understood this? Well, there wasn't another option back then. That's there... so weird. I know. Now it's like, like a zillion. It's like, congratulations. We no longer have to read the Bible in Latin, but we might as well. <laughs> it means about as much. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, that's what... That's, King James was the only translation you had access to as yeah, a kid? Yeah. That's nuts. At I what know. point did you start understanding the verses? Well, I mean, I, that verse I learned at... Um, a vacation Bible school, and they mm-hmm. did a pretty good job of, un- of teaching it, it and of unpacking, unpacking it. it for kids. I memorized a ton of scripture that week because the prize for doing the most memory work was a um, teacup kittle. Ah, and you did like kittles. I liked kittles. They were like itty bitty little dolls with big heads. Yeah. And uh, I had, yeah, I had quite a collection of kittles. Anyway. Um, did you win? So I did. And I did. I'm unsurprised. And, I, I, and you know what? I'm so grateful, even though it is King James, I'm so grateful for the um, scripture that I memorized as a little kid. Because the scripture I memorized like last week, I can't remember. <laughs> but the scripture I memorized as a little kid is completely. Oh, it's in there. In there. I'm doing a musical right now. And it's a musical that I've done twice before. The first time I did it, I was like 11 or 12. <laughs> and you did like I don't know thirty a shows, month of shows, a which like for shows. a professional show is normal, but for a community theater production, yeah, that's, that's nuts. You do like a week usually for community theater, but this production, this company, we did uh, like a month of shows. We did like thirty some shows, and like at least three months of rehearsals before that. So like, it was a lot. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure similar rehearsal schedule to this one. 
I'm pretty sure we started in January and finished up in May, but all of May was oh, production. So I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, so I have all the scripture with me forever, and, and you I have, have Susical the Musical. I have Susical the Musical with me forever, which is serving me well. I'm now in it for the third time, and I've decided I'm just going to see how many times I can do the same show because <laughs> now it's just funny, and it's like it's not an incredible show, but it's it's certainly not a bad show. It's it's and, cute and it's got some nice songs, and and so each time has been a different character. Each though. time has been a different character, but, but it doesn't matter. You have all the characters it, memorized. Oh, well, I mean, after thirty some oh, shows, how could you not? Yeah, yeah, it's in there. So I'm already memorized. I know my lines. I know my songs. I know my harmonies. I'm good. And everyone else's. And everyone, literally. I'm like, okay, so Matt, like if the musical director's busy, I'm like, no, no, you guys are coming in like an eighth late. So it's a who, who, what? Yeah. It's... <laughs> well, um, back to memorizing scripture. I'm very thankful we have friendlier translations of the Bible now. Yeah, me too. So here is the Great Commission in the Passion Translation. And he said to them, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. That's a little bit less opaque. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think um, many of us have thought of this passage as the motivation to send missionaries around the world. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure it is. But I'm fascinated by the first three words of the verse. As you go. Mm-hmm. We're not specifically being told to go somewhere else in order to spread the news about Jesus. Yeah. We're to share the story as we go. And it's not, it's also not a bingo card. Like, it's share, like, don't be afraid, afraid to share it with everyone rather than, like, go to all the nations. Oh, and yeah. Check the box. <laughs> check the, the yeah, whole... get your bingo. Your spiritual <laughs> I wondered, bingo. I wondered how you were going to bring bingo into that. Okay, I get it now. Um, so... We are to share about Jesus as we go into the world, as we go about our business. Mm -hmm. The commission isn't just for missionaries or some kind of superhero Christians. It's for all of us. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't feel like that's what most churches actively teach or preach. In fact, we know from research that in 80% of churches, all the programs, 100% of the programs they run are to help people <laughs> who are already Christians grow in their faith. It's like the Great Commission in their Bibles reads like this. Go ye into your church buildings and barricade the door behind you. Run programs day and <laughs> night for Christians of all ages, indoctrinating them in the ways of thine own church tradition, teaching them to observe all the cultural oddities unique to your group. And lo. <laughs> well, and uh, I'm sure they don't do it on, like, I'm sure they're not actively trying to exclude anyone, of course. I, I think it, it in a lot of churches, it's like, oh, incidentally, we have a new person, and that's awesome. Um, incidentally, this person attended, and they're not saved. Great. Mm -hmm. They're not like, ugh. Oh, no. But, it, no. but it's not, it, it's not, outreach is not um, the main priority, it would seem. Right. And that's that's really the point of... This podcast today is to talk about how we increase our visual field mm. so that we are, so that what's important to Jesus is important to us. Yeah. And, that, and, and we're working on that. So, you know, back up the Sunday school bus. That thing I just read is not the Great Commission. Our job description laid out for us in the commission and the command is to love God with everything we've got so that our whole lives are surrendered to him and so that we're willing to give up things that really matter to us and have our priorities shuffled 
until we care about what Jesus cares about and we're willing to act on it. And if that's not a tall enough order for you, our mission includes loving our diverse neighbors as much as we love ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that means enough to be sure that every person that God brings across our path has the same opportunity we've had to respond to the hope-infusing, eternal life-promising, life-transforming grace of Jesus. And on a on a global mm -hmm. note, I, I would say that also means doing it with cultural sensitivity. Um, I think missions work, and that's not what we're talking about specifically, but I think it bears saying missions work is great. Colonialism yeah. is not. Hang on, because we're going to go there. Oh, great. Love that. I love that for us. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. But to start with, we've got to get out of our own comfortable Christian bubbles and really engage the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Doing this can really be a test of whether or not we actually love others as we love ourselves. Because we often choose our own comfort of keeping our beliefs to ourselves over the awkwardness of sharing with someone who might not really want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And is that really the loving thing to do? No. I love, um, so Penn Jillette of the ma uh, magician duo Penn and, Penn and Teller mm -hmm. uh, told a story on video of a Christian man who approached him after his show. The man knew he was an atheist, but he gave him a Bible and began to share his faith. And Penn Jillette did not respond with anger or cynicism. I love Penn Jillette. He's yeah. So great. I we saw them in Vegas. And, oh, did you? Yeah, it was so awesome. He actually really appreciated this man's sincerity and love. And here's what he said about it. He said, if you believe that there's a heaven and a hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life, and you think that it's really not worth telling them because it would make it socially awkward, how much would you have to hate somebody to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them? Thanks, Penn. Yeah, <laughs> you make an excellent argument. I wish I'd said it. Yeah. The Great Commission is the ultimate expression of the Great Command, to love. But let's just pause here and define the word love. Love is not some ethereal, indescribable feeling. Love is really just a decision to meet another person's needs. Look at the way that Jesus dealt with people. He always ministered to the whole person. Mm -hmm. His love was expressed in ways that touched each life at their greatest point of need. Sometimes that need was for acceptance, like in the case of Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Sometimes it was for the comfort of human touch, like the leper. Always Jesus expressed love by offering acceptance and forgiveness to anyone willing to receive it. So our job description is to represent Jesus in our offices and neighborhoods, universities and malls, freeways and airports. It's about treating people the way he would treat them, mm -hmm. speaking the truth and conducting ourselves in a way that what we say is believable. Yeah, you're really not on meds, are you? You're no, making I'm a little bit seasick. Sorry, I'm rocking back and forth. <laughs> I'll try to sit still. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, I, can get, I can get past it. Okay, that's great because I don't know if I can sit still. <laughs> okay, good to know. So this idea of treating people the way Jesus would treat them is beautifully illustrated by a true story told by Marie Chapion in her book, For Whom the World Was Not Worthy. And I'm pretty sure I've shared this story before, but it's a powerful one and it's, it's worth repeating. There was an evangelist named Yakov who uh, visited a village in Yugoslavia 
where for many years, um, the religious hierarchy was very corrupt and had perpetuated just countless terrible abuses of power in the name of Christianity. One day, Yaakov sat down to talk with an old man named Simmerman. Yaakov listened to Simmerman's tragic story of suffering and loss, and he began to share with him the truth about Jesus. Simmerman, though, was not interested in hearing anything about Christianity, and he, he interrupted him, quite angry. In his own history and in the history of his community, so much horrible, so many horrible things had happened in the name of Jesus that he did not want anything to do with Jesus. He reminded Yaakov of, of the atrocities that had been committed in Jesus' name, including the murder of his own nephew. So he went on a little rant and said, they wear their elaborate capes and crosses signifying a heavenly commission, but their evil designs and lives I cannot ignore. Yaakov saw an opportunity to help Zimmerman understand the truth. I feel like if your dad had been there, he would have told the same story. Mm. He's so good at word pictures and yeah, stories. analogies and allegories. So Zimmerman, he said, suppose I stole your coat and wore it to commit a crime. The police might eventually find you and interrogate you for my crime. What would you say to them if they accused you? I would deny it, Zimmerman said, indignant. But the police would say they saw your coat, Yakov countered. Well, by this time, Zimmerman had totally lost his patience for the whole discussion and he threw Yakov out of his house. But Yakov continued to visit Zimmerman each time he was in the village, showing genuine friendship and sharing the love of Jesus. One day, the old man asked Yakov how he could become a Christian. Yakov lovingly taught him the simple steps of repentance and surrender. Zimmerman knelt that day and gave his life to Christ. He wiped at tears as he hugged Yakov. Thank you for being in my life, he said. And then he pointed to heaven and said, you wear his coat very well. The command and the commission go hand in hand. Until we love we won't be properly motivated to share. And if we share without the right motive, we'll do incredible damage, like the religious officials in Zimmerman's story. And as you uh, alluded to, as Canadians, we have our own versions of that story. Mm -hmm. One that's, you know, been on the news and in our hearts this past year as graves have been found on the sites of residential schools. And graves is putting it delicately, unmarked, Hidden yeah. bodies yeah. of children. Yeah. Yeah. Thousands of them. Yeah. So, yeah, First Nations children in residential schools and the treatment that they received is a, a complete blight on Canadian history. Mm -hmm. Should Christians back then have shared the story of Jesus with the Indigenous people? Absolutely. But they should have allowed the First Nations to weave the gospel into their own culture and express it in their own way. Mm -hmm. Instead, Christianity was served up with an overwhelming dose of racism and abuse. And if Jesus gives us free will and mm -hmm. choice, how evil is it mm -hmm. to impose that choice on other right, people? Right. Um, it is not salvation if it is not a choice. Right. So we, I don't, I'm sure lots of people did feel like it was a loving thing to do, but I think for a lot of people, it can't even be claimed as an act of love to oh. take oh, children no. from their families no. and raise them in the faith because 
it it's no longer a choice. Right. Right. I, and where did, where did we get the idea anyway that our European come North American way of worshiping Jesus is the only way or even the best way? No. I mean, it began as a sect of Judaism in yeah. the Middle East. Yeah. Well, and like the weird hatred that some Christians had and, and probably some still mm-hmm. do have for, for Jewish people as in like Jews killed Jesus. Je- Jesus was a Jew. Yeah. <laughs> what? So that's kind of why that kind of that kind of makes your point yeah i don't i don't know how to tell you this (laughs) i think one of the things that's going to make heaven amazing is because we're going to experience and participate with all the nations of the world worshiping jesus in so many different ways there'll Mm -hmm. be such diversity i mean i can just imagine a little africa a little Caribbean, a little First Nations, uh, you know, that those flavors all blending into how we worship Jesus. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's Mm -hmm. it's so fascinating because the sort of European way is very like quiet, reverent worship, but a lot of more African, Caribbean, Caribbean, Creole cultures Mm -hmm. are very loud and joyous and. Uh, there's movement yes. and, and singing and uh, how cool. I know. How cool that, that we've we've taken, I guess, like the glory of God's name and, and culturally have chosen to love and respect and uplift it in, in such a variety, like the entire spectrum of ways. Mm-hmm. We could have such a rich Christian culture. We could, if we would just learn from each other with just a little humility, we could have that now. But anyway, I digress. That's <laughs> the point um it's a point though okay let's call it that the great commission the spreading of the story of jesus as we go wherever we go is about representing jesus well so who do you know who wears jesus coat well think about or even even write out the characteristics and behaviors of that person that are good represented representations of Jesus. Do you, did somebody someone or something or something they do come to mind? Mm. <clears throat> the people I know well enough to see well, I shouldn't say that. Everyone I know is deeply flawed because <laughs> you know they're people. Um, but I think both you and Dad wear Jesus coat very well. Mm. She's not paying me to say that. No, just I'm to really be clear. not, and I didn't know she was going to say that when I asked her the question. For me, it would probably be um, my friend Helene. I I say she's kind of like Jesus in high heels. Mm. She and or Ray mm. Um, mm. Matheson, one of the pastors. He's re- supposedly retired. Yeah, sure. I think he works Never just as retired. much as he ever did. Um, and, you know, part of it is just such humility and the fact that they have no agenda other than to love on people, mm-hmm. right? Um, a friend of mine recently told me, um, gave me this quote, I have nothing to, um, I have nothing to prove, nothing to protect, and nothing to promote. Mm-hmm. If we approach people with the love of Jesus, um, with that attitude, right, um, boy, I think it could be a game changer. Mm-hmm. Well, I think of the, the characteristics that I see in people who represent Jesus well, humility, kindness, generosity, genuine interest and care, empathy, courage. They're interruptible. In other words, they put Jesus' agenda first. So what steps would you have to take to integrate these qualities and practices into your own life? I'd like you to think about that mm-hmm. this week. 
Well, and that is it for us today on Grow on the Go. Uh, please remember to follow us on Instagram for sort of updates about the show. Uh, but until our next one, I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com. 